Ladies and gentlemen, as many times as I thought and imagined me coming back behind this microphone to talk to y'all and to tell y'all what I had going on, as many times as I imagined that, I thought of different ways I was going to tell it, right? I had thought of different ways to format the show and and bring y'all some new energy, bring y'all something special because I had been gone for so long. But ladies and gentlemen, in my wildest dreams, I could have never imagined that I would be getting back on this microphone to talk to y'all about Will Smith smacking the shit out of Chris Rock. This is the Out of Character Podcast. Introducing your host, Brian Colbert. Welcome, world, welcome to another episode that's right you heard it right we're back baby another episode of your favorite podcast my favorite podcast your mama's favorite podcast the out of character podcast dang that felt good to say that felt really good to say people i've missed y'all ladies and gentlemen i am your host brian colbert my friends call me bc you could call me bc too if you're listening if you're listening we appreciate you for listening if you're a first time listener welcome we hope you enjoy the show if you are a returning listener welcome back we appreciate you for sticking with us we know it's been a long time ladies and gentlemen the last time i spoke to you we were in a whole nother year The last time I spoke to y'all, ladies and gentlemen, I was moving away from Connecticut to San Antonio, Texas. Now, if you're listening, you haven't noticed, I'm in a new location. Things look a little different around me. And if you're watching, you have noticed that, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are in a brand new out of character studios, the Texas version of out of character studios. If y'all been with us from jump, y'all knew out of character started in a small little room in front of a black sheet. It turned into a bigger room in front of a green screen. It turned into a full on room, full on studio in Connecticut. But then, ladies and gentlemen, we had to split. Ladies and gentlemen, it was time to make moves. And yes, like I said, I have moved to Texas. And ladies and gentlemen, I got to be honest, that is why y'all have not heard from me. In quite some time, it's been months. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, I missed y'all. I missed talking to y'all. I missed doing out of character. I missed being in front of this microphone. But ladies and gentlemen, there was work to do. There was things to be done. If y'all have ever moved, y'all understand that is a process. If y'all have ever gotten a new job, y'all would understand that as a process. If y'all have ever gone coast to coast on a road trip or just to visit some family, you will understand that is a process so put all of that together that is what i did ladies and gentlemen and yes to put it into words it has been a process adjusting to my new whereabouts to my new home which is san antonio texas to my new job which we will get into later on in the episode ladies and gentlemen but yes it has been an adjustment but it's been beautiful it's been a blessing but i have missed y'all and a lot of times When you're going through these processes, you're going through these changes, it's hard to do the extracurricular stuff, right? Like I said, I'm working, I'm getting after it. I'm learning a new job, I'm learning new things. So I kept making excuses on why I couldn't record out of character. 
ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the very few episodes I've recorded without Director Lex. Usually Director Lex is in here pressing the buttons, making sure everything is okay. So that was an excuse I had for a long time. Oh, Director Lex ain't here. I can't record. It's going to be too tough. I also had the excuse of I'm too busy. Like I said, I'm starting a new job. I had all of these excuses on why I just didn't have the time and or energy to record another episode. Because I, I didn't want to just record something and not talk to y'all again. I want to, when I record, I want to jump back in it, right? I want to do it every week like I was doing it before. You know, I want to give y'all what y'all deserve. Because I appreciate y'all so much for listening to me the way y'all do, for supporting me the way y'all do, for sharing this stuff, for talking to me about it, for texting me, for DMing me. The support is unreal. And a lot of it is from complete strangers. So I can't say enough how much I appreciate that. And I promise y'all, me stepping away for a little bit did not mean that I didn't appreciate all the love and support I got from Jump. Like I said, we was just making adjustments. But ladies and gentlemen, Ladies and gentlemen, as many times as I thought and imagined me coming back behind this microphone to talk to y'all and to tell y'all what I had going on, as many times as I imagined that I thought of different ways I was going to tell it, right? I had thought of different ways to format the show and, and bring y'all some new energy, bring y'all something special because I had been gone for so long. But ladies and gentlemen, in my wildest dreams, I could have never imagined that I would be getting back on this microphone to talk to y'all about Will Smith smacking the shit out of Chris Rock. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you heard me right now. If you've been living under a rock, you didn't know that this happened. But let me tell y'all, Will Smith. Yes, Will Smith. Yes, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air smack Pookie. Younger me would not know what to do with this information. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is true. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is something that we thought maybe was fake, but it is not fake, ladies and gentlemen. They have continued with this. If this is a ruse, this is the longest ruse we've ever seen in our lives. Now, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, I'm sure you guys already knew this information, so I am not here to report. I am not here to tell you what happened. You know what happened. You've all seen the videos. The whole world has seen the video of Will Smith smacking Chris Rock. I'm not here to tell y'all about that. I am also not here to judge or honestly give my opinion on if what Will did was right or wrong. That's not for me to say. I'm not here to judge a black man. Y'all do enough of that. That is not what I'm here to do. What I am here to do is to give y'all a little perspective. Because ladies and gentlemen, I know it's been a long time. But I know you did not forget that I love sharing perspective with y'all. Giving y'all some different insights on the situation that maybe you didn't think of. Because like I said, even though I'm not the one that's here to judge Will Smith, ladies and gentlemen, there have been a ton of people that have judged this brother. Even me saying that sounds crazy. People judging Will Smith? He's the cleanest one we had left, people. After Tiger did all that crazy stuff, it was, it was bleak for us. Will Smith has held it strong. Will Smith has been the perfect example of what it means to be poised, gracious, humble, talented, just the whole package. That's what Will Smith has offered us, right? But the minute this young king makes one mistake, people decide to come out of nowhere and judge this brother, cast dispersions on this brother. So ladies and gentlemen, like I said, I'm here to give y'all a different perspective. Because 
you have to sit and ask yourself, what would make the most wholesome of brothers do such a crazy and erratic act? Because like I said, I'm not here to judge, but we can admit that was a crazy and erratic act because we know Will Smith to be calm. We know Will Smith to not act in those sort of ways. And granted, we don't know him personally. Granted, we don't know him outside of the TV shows and the movies and the interviews that he gives us. But I would like to think that our thoughts of Will Smith, the pedestal that we've put Will Smith on, are not exaggerated by any means. That this brother is really that excellent of a human being. I still truly believe that. So what would make such an excellent human being snap? What would make him snap? Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a violent man. We have not seen or heard of him doing things like this before. Yes, this is little videos of him giving people little smacks here and there, but it's just a little, you know, little love taps, just little things to let people know, hey man, listen. And even though this wholesome brother has a track record of excellence, y'all still have the nerve to judge him. And I don't really understand why. I don't really understand why because we've all been in relationships. Now to all the men that have been in relationships with women, talking to you specifically. I hope that whenever you walk out the house with your queen, you are fully prepared to deal with any altercation that may occur. Now, I know that might sound a little crazy. That might sound a little drastic. But really think about that for a second, right? If you're out with your wife and somebody pulls a gun on you and says, give me your wallet, give me your purse. As a man, your main objective is to protect your queen, right? Your main objective is to protect her, right? As the man, it is your job to get you and her out of that situation safely whatever that means right whatever that means so when i say walking out the house be ready to defend your lady at all times that's what i mean right because we've all had those thoughts and understandings that at any time some shit could pop off especially when you're with your lady and honestly fellas if you have never come to that realization i worry for you and any woman that has been in your presence because let me tell you for me any woman I have ever dated, been with, taken out of the crib, I had fully come to the understanding that there may be an incident where I got to beat a ass for her. And that could just be in a dating atmosphere. And now I've never been married. Most of my peers are not married. But I would imagine with a wife that intensifies by a thousand. Because now this is the woman that shares your last name. This is the woman that probably has your children. So the love you have for this woman is probably unexplainable. Which means that you should and want to do anything you can to protect her and make sure she's okay. Now, like I said, I talked about a robbery, a gun being pointed at you. Now, that's very, very extreme, right? So let's go back to the Oscars. A, a lighter thing, right? A joke, right? A joke. Now, for those of y'all don't know, Chris Rock made a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith's bald head. Now, if you do not know this, Jada Pinkett Smith has a disease, alopecia, I believe, that causes her to lose her hair. And is why she has been bald for quite some time. She has talked about it. She's been open about it. Now, I didn't know about this until after the slap. So 
I'd assume Chris Rock didn't know about this either. I think he, I believe he said he didn't know about it. So he makes a joke about a bald head, a very, very light joke. I don't need to repeat it. No big deal. And as you know, Will Smith snaps and smacks her. And like I said, to start this, people went crazy. They didn't understand what's going on. So here's some insight, people. For somebody that's been in a position like this, where you were put in a situation where your lady is looking at you and she's like, what are you about to do about this? And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell y'all, no sister wants a sucker. No sister wants a punk. I've heard it a lot. A lot of women don't even want a guy that's too nice. And these sisters do not want a punk. They parents don't want them with a punk and they raise them as such. You better never be with a brother that cannot protect you. That is the unwritten rule. That is the understanding. So what do you think happens when Will Smith and his beautiful wife are sitting about 20 feet away from a brother making jokes on them in front of the whole world? Now, you see how these celebrities act when a couple of strangers comment on their post with negativity. Shoot, you know how you feel is just an everyday Joe when somebody comments or sends you a direct message or responds to you in some negative fashion online, right? That's just online. That's not even in face-to-face. -face. We all were kids. Some of us were bullied. Some of us picked on other kids. You remember those feelings? When the whole school feels like the whole school is laughing just at you? And that's just a school. That's a small dose. Imagine the entire nation. This is the Oscars. You have to imagine that millions and millions of people are watching, right? So Chris Rock gets on a stage and decides to make a joke about Will Smith's wife. Now, like I said, I'm not here to judge. So I'm not here to judge Chris Rock either. He's a comedian. He was doing his job. And I also need to point out. That that script was probably written by somebody else, if not looked at by several people on the Oscars. So that means several people saw that joke and said, you know what, that's okay. If Chris Rock was ad-libbing that, shout out to you, Chris Rock, you were very talented, brother. Excellent ad-libbing. But nine times out of ten, these jokes are pre-written, right? They're practiced, they're staged. So multiple people had seen this joke. And it told, probably told Chris Rock, like, oh, that's not bad at all. You could get away with that. Will Smith ain't going to trip. And maybe the stigma of Will Smith being that nice, clean-cut guy that doesn't curse, that doesn't do anything wrong, that doesn't break any rules, that never jaywalks, maybe that stigma made Chris Rock feel like maybe he could play just a little bit. Whatever the case, the minute Chris Rock said something, Jada's body language and face said it. And unfortunately, the camera pans away, so all you really get to see is Will Smith laughing at the joke and Jada rolling her eyes and seeming very, very upset. But like I said, the camera pans away and we go to Chris Rock. So whatever had happened between these three seconds, all of a sudden we see Will Smith walk up. And I think maybe that's why there's some confusion on why this had to happen, on why Will's hands were tied. Because that's basically what I'm saying. Basically what I'm saying was Will was put in a position where he had no other option but to attack. Or like he said, defend. He was in a position where he had no choice but to defend his lady's honor. Like I said, he's 20 feet away from this man. And this man is clowning his wife in front of millions. 
front of the whole world, it may seem like. So within that five seconds of where the camera pans and it goes to Chris Rock and then we see Will Smith get up, you have to wonder what happened. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you what happened because I've been in this position many a time before. Jada looked at Will, saw he was laughing, and just gave him a look. She didn't say a word. I promise you, she didn't say a word. Because the sisters don't have to say a word. Let me tell you, sisters are the greatest nonverbal communicators I have ever encountered. Because they will tell you a million things with just a glance. They will curse you out with a mere look. That look that just tells you, you know what, you in trouble. Ooh, just wait till we get home. We've all seen that look. And what are you to do when your wife gives you that look when your wife looks at you as if honey it is time for you to be a man it is time for you to defend my honor so what you about to do about this yes ladies and gentlemen all of that is said with just a mere glance so let me ask you ladies and gentlemen what do you do in a situation where your entire manhood is being questioned by the woman you love? Because that's what it feels like, ladies and gentlemen. That might not be what's happening. That might not be their intention. But that is how we feel as men when we are put in situations like this where we have to act on behalf of our queens. So I ask again, ladies and gentlemen, what would you do? That is Jada Pinkett Smith. That's Jada. A different world, Jada. That's set it off, Jada. That's Matrix, Jada. A lot of y'all brothers doing a whole lot more for a whole lot less. Let me just say that. So for y'all to judge this man for defending and fighting for his queen, for Jada Pinkett Smith. No, I have never met Jada Pinkett Smith in my life. But let me tell you, I would fight through the depths of hell for her. And I don't even know the woman. So this is his wife. What do you expect him to do? His hands were tied. So do not judge him. Do not tell him he did the wrong thing. Was it a bad look? Sure. Was it his first bad look probably ever? Yeah, probably. All the other murky situations he's been in weren't really his fault. And he seems to have dealt with them pretty well. He seems to have taken the most on the chin, right? So don't judge this, man. Because let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, as a man, especially when you're married, especially when you're cuffed up, especially when you have a woman that you love, your main objective is to keep a peaceful home. Is to keep that home happy because let me tell y'all y'all might not have ever thought of the joke y'all might not have ever thought about it again if will smith did not act but let me tell you if will smith did not do what he did he would have been hearing about that joke and that moment for the rest of his life that is how serious it is that is the type of scrutiny and pressure us men are on i talk to you all the time about the scrutiny and pressures we on and i think a lot of times you forget it but as black men, our sole duty is to protect and provide. And that's all that Will Smith was doing, ladies and gentlemen. He was protecting his queen.
Because I, let me tell you, I would do the same thing if I ever felt somebody wrong, my lady, my sister, my mother. If I ever felt that somebody disrespected them. Let me tell y'all, there is nothing I wouldn't do to avenge them. Yes, and I'm so serious. So when I saw the smack, I said, hey, you had it coming. Listen, I feel, and I've talked about this a lot. I feel that comedians should be able to joke and basically say anything. I don't feel like there's any rules. However, I also feel a grown man is allowed to respond and react to an action any way he sees fit. So as a comedian, I would hope from now on, all comedians would understand that sometimes your words do have consequences. Do I think you should be canceled? Of course not. That's weird. Cancel culture is very, very strange. But you might make a joke. You might do an impression. You might do a skit that just offends the wrong person. And you have to be ready to handle that. Even me and media, right? I cover sports. I cover basketball. I cover football. I cover all kinds of things. Some of these brothers is three times my size. And I'm going to be in situations where I have to say things that maybe aren't so great about these brothers. And I have to give my opinion on things. But I need to understand that at any time I could be checked and questioned for my opinion. Maybe that means somebody walks up to me on the street and starts an argument. It could happen. I have brought that on by being in the media. I have brought that on by giving my opinions and by being someone in the public eye. That's how I feel, at least. So, Chris Rock, my brother, I, I don't want to say you had it coming. You kind of had it coming. Can't talk about people's wives, man. You can't talk about people's wives. You can't talk about people's kids. That is an unwritten rule. And I am sorry. I like, just have some awareness. Anytime I see a bald person at all, I just assume the worst. Like, I'll never bring it up. Because, bro, people could have cancer. People could have alopecia. I actually have a friend whose family has I've actually known multiple people with alopecia, right? So, you understand these things as just an adult human. And you got to be sensitive about that. Well, you don't always have to be sensitive about it because, like I said, if you're a comedian, you could really say and joke about what you want, but you have to be prepared for the repercussions. And I don't think anyone was prepared for those repercussions. Will Smith is such a wholesome brother that we didn't even believe it was real. I'm still not 100% sure it's real. Ain't that crazy? Will Smith is probably the only black man on earth that gets that type of bailout. You'd say any other brother on earth hit somebody and everybody in the world going to believe that shit. But when Will Smith does it, nobody believed it. Like you can even hear the audience laughing like afterwards as if they thought it was like some type of skit and some type of joke, right? Even Chris Rock. Chris Rock did not defend himself. He didn't move at all. And that was something that made people think, oh, maybe it's fake. He didn't flinch. He didn't. He was just embracing it. No. Chris Rock thought what the rest of us thought, that Will Smith's big goofy ass was getting up to give him a hug and embrace him. I think that's what we all thought. You saw how joyful Chris Rock was when he saw Will Smith walking up. He's like, oh, man, this big Willie, he about to give me a hug. Man, come, come here, bring it in. He didn't know Will Smith was going to smack the taste in the black out his mouth. None of us did. We did not expect it at all. Even the Academy had no idea. That is how wholesome old brother Will Smith is. That is how clean this brother's slate has been. 
So we got to understand. If he snapped like this, maybe there's something more to it. Now, let's get real for a second, because it is funny to joke. It is funny to, like, make light of the situation. But maybe this isn't a light situation. Because a lot of times, especially with celebrities, we see moments that are like red flags. We talk about those red flags, right? We see these things in these little small outbursts. These stars have and we kind of just laugh about it and forget about it and go to the next thing, to the next tragedy, the next scandal. You know, we just move forward. But then when repeated behavior continues to happen or something bad happens to this individual, to this superstar, maybe they end up in jail. Maybe they end up dead. Maybe they end up overdosing on something. We look back on all these things and say, oh, my gosh, we should have known then. We should have known then. These were the signs. But when we get the signs in real life, when we get the signs in real time, we don't seem to really look at them as if, man, maybe there's an issue here. We joked and laughed about how great of a human being Will Smith has been throughout his career, right? It's so hard to be as clean as Will Smith has been when you're under such a big spotlight, especially when you and your wife are so famous, right? Like, to let's be real, they're like black royalty to us. Before the last couple years, they were really like black royalty to us. They were relationship goals. So what happens? What makes... A brother like Will Smith almost risked it all. Let's just think about it. He hadn't won the Oscar yet. He, they haven't given it to him. Even if they told him he had won it beforehand, they hadn't physically given it to him. They could have kicked him out. Chris Rock could have punched him back. Anything could have happened in that moment. And Will Smith didn't care at all. All of the years of hard work. You know how hard it is to be that clean? He was willing to risk it all in that moment. And for me, seeing something like that forces me to ask myself, what's really going on? For the past few years, we have damn near made Will Smith a meme. I mean, he is a meme, right? That red table talk where he looks like he's about to cry talking to his wife about her being with another man. He looked devastated. And we joked about it. We laughed about it. We made memes about it. I mean, it, it, it was not a hilariously crazy situation. So, of course, people, you know, we got to laugh about it. That's what we do. We laugh to keep from crying, right? Will Smith has been talked about as if his wife didn't even love him, as if Jada loved another man. We've seen these things with them talking about her and Tupac and just constant disrespect to this brother's manhood, right? Constant disrespect. And then the haymaker, the knockout, the August Alcina situation. We all know what happened with that. Not to mention, Will Smith has been on social media for like maybe the past three or four years. We know for a fact what social media can do to your mental health, right? So we take in all of these things. And it doesn't make you wonder a little bit, is Will Smith okay? Is he okay? Because when I saw that, I actually did not laugh at all. I 
saw the humor in the situation. Some of the tweets, some of the memes were hilarious. But the minute I saw that, I almost got chills. I felt sick. Because I was praying to God that this was not the start of a downward spiral for another one of our heroes. Because we've seen it with a lot of great people, right? The fame just becomes a little too much. The blogs, the rumors, the headlines become just a little too much. And ladies and gentlemen, I do believe that's what we saw. I believe we saw a man who was at the end of his rope. A man who was so fed up. A man who has probably been through so many things that we don't even know about. That is eating him up. And let me tell you, I'm much like a Will Smith where I'm very friendly. I'm very happy. I don't want to harm anybody. I'm, I'm very loving. I'm very caring. But let me tell you, when I get pushed to a certain limit. It's black. I snap. I go crazy. I make irrational decisions. And maybe that is what we saw Oscar Knight. I don't think any of us feel that there's like a crazy beef between Chris Rock and Will Smith. I don't think any of us feel that at all. But I do think we need to ask ourselves, what is this brother going through to where he would risk everything on such a live stage when he has been so composed and so graceful his entire career? So, yes, it is fun to laugh about this stuff. Yes, it is. It is one of the craziest moments we will ever, ever see on TV, especially because of the two people involved. But let's really sit and realize what we saw. We saw a grown man snap. We saw a grown man get to a point where he said, I don't give a f about none of this. I'm about that action today. Let's go. Y'all keep questioning me. Y'all keep messing with me. I'm done laughing. And you have to ask yourself, what gets a man to that point? And I pray and I hope that the people that love Will have surrounded him, have checked in on him, have made sure his mental health is good. Really, really checked on him. Because I would hate to lose another icon. Because say what you want about Will Smith. Say what you want about Jada Pickett Smith. They are icons in our culture and in just American culture. They have done countless great things. And it's easy to focus on the little crazy things they've done. Oh, they're swingers. Oh, August Alcino, all this blah, 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 which none of it matters because we all got dirt. We all do wild-ish behind closed doors. None of us want people going through the deep crevices of our phone. See, in our search history, we all do some different things. But let's not forget all of the great things Will and Jada have done. And I do feel we need to show them respect accordingly. Because at the end of the day, people, we got to remember. These last few years, we've all gone through a pandemic. We've all gone through loss, heartbreak, struggle. We've all gone through points where we've questioned relationships, friendships, even ourselves. And even though 
these people are celebrities and have millions of dollars and could probably do whatever they want. It does not mean that they're not going through the same things we're going through. We're all humans. And what Big said, more money, more problems, right? So just imagine the gravity of the situations that they deal with on a regular basis. That's all. That's it. That's all I'm going to say about the subject. You know, I wanted to joke about it, but I also wanted to be clear that what we saw was a red flag and something I hope that if this brother isn't okay, maybe he is okay. You know, I can't speak for him, but I do hope Will Smith, brother, you get whatever help you need. I'm praying for you. I don't know you, brother, but I am praying for you because I feel like prayer is strong and even strangers praying for you. I feel like it's very, very strong. So, brother, I hope you and your wife are okay. But Chris Rock, let me tell you, I have never seen poise and grace in the face of chaos like that in my life. I don't know how he kept from retaliating. I don't know how he continued about his job and his show. But can you imagine me at work, at your desk, and some stranger just comes up and smacks the life out of you? Are you going to continue about your day? Is your day going to be the same after that? Probably not. Are you just going to take the slap, turn back around, and go back to typing on your computer? Probably not. But that's what Chris Rock did. And man, he needs the biggest shout out and salute because he kept that from being way worse and way uglier. Because like I said, I do believe Will had blacked and it got to a point where he was willing to risk it all. So if Chris Rock would have retaliated, imagine the chaos that would have ensued. Imagine. And how ugly would that have been? Yeah, it was ugly to see a slap, but how ugly would that have been to see two black men brawling at an Academy Award show? How bad would that feel? Oh, that would just feel like the knife in the heart of the culture. Because you know, every time something crazy happens, we all get that like little shame where it's just like, this gives white folks something else to say. This gives them something else to be like, oh, we can't take them niggas anyway. That's how we always feel. Right? We always feel that group collective shame. So thank goodness. Thank goodness Chris Rock kept his composure because I would have hated to see that escalate. I hate, hate seeing black folks fighting with each other, whether that's men or women. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. We should never be fighting each other. We should never put our hands on each other. But we also need to show each other respect. We got to respect each other's kids, each other's families, each other's wives. And when you don't do that, you got to be ready for the repercussions, right? But I am very, very grateful that that did not go any further. That did not escalate because there's nothing worse than seeing black men at war. You never want to see it. And I pray for both of them, honestly. I hope both of them are okay, man. Like I said, a huge shout out to Chris Rock for just handling that. Way better than I would have ever handled something like that, man. Shout out to Chris Rock. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 35. Episode 35 of your favorite podcast. My favorite podcast. Your mama's favorite podcast. The Out of Character Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, 
Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You could call me BC too if you're listening. If you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. If you're a first time listener, welcome. We hope you enjoyed thus far. If you're a return listener, welcome back. We appreciate you for the constant love, the constant support. Now, ladies and gentlemen, now that we got that out the way, now that we got the hot topic out of the way, like I said to start the show, we have a lot to catch up on. Last time I left you, we were moving away from Connecticut, right? And I told you I was coming out here to be with my family, to take care of business and handle some things, right? And that's what I came here to do. But along the way, along the way, a blessing fell upon me and yes it fell upon me because i was not looking for it i was praying for it my whole life but definitely was not like oh i'm about to be in san antonio doing this that definitely was not something i really ever thought was going to happen but here we are today ladies and gentlemen if you do not know i have taken a position with the san antonio spurs yes yes an nba organization yes your boy has made it over to the nba but that's not just the cool part but yes i'm a producer i'm a content producer for the spurs but i am also officially talent quote unquote talent that's like a reporter, a journalist, basically somebody that's on camera, somebody that you are actually seeing or hearing. That's what we call talent in the business, right? Now, might not seem like a big deal to a lot of folks. Might not seem like a big deal to anybody. I mean, y'all been hearing me talk. Y'all been seeing me do out of character for years, right? Y'all see me do it on ESPN. It should be normal, right? But let me tell y'all, it wasn't normal. Let me tell y'all that every single piece of content where my face was shown and it had something to do with ESPN, let me tell you, I scraped and clawed to get that content out there, to get that content made. Because in this industry, somebody like me, with the background that I have, is not supposed to be able to cross over into town. Now, granted, I don't want to toot my own horn, But I think it's very apparent my skill set and my ability to do this at a high level, to be behind the microphone, to be in front of the camera, to report, to interview, to talk. I think it's very apparent my skill set in that. But that never seemed to matter in this industry. Wherever I went, I constantly got no's. No, no, no. When I graduated college, A news director looked me in my face and said, I would never put somebody that looks like you on TV. Nobody would want to see that. Look me dead in my face and said that. And really believed it, really felt that. And imagine, this is back in 2014 as well. So like, it was different times back then. Now we see a lot more minorities and even people with like braids and dreads on TV sometimes. But let me tell you, especially at this level, It is almost non-existent. So ladies and gentlemen, my 12 years in this industry has finally led to this point and gotten me this far. But let me say it again, 12 years, 12 years. And like I said, the skill set's there. The drive is there, the talent is there. 
it's like 1.30 in the morning right now when I'm recording a podcast and I've been working all day. The hunger's there. So why am I just now getting a chance? Because this industry was not built for somebody like me. The tattoos, the piercings, the facial hair, the way I talk, the swag. You know, I'm not in suits. I'm not dressing like a politician. I do not change my voice when I report, when I broadcast. You are getting BC 100% of the time. And let me tell y'all, for those that don't know, that is rare with anyone. Most of these talent, most of these people, they're, they're putting on a show for you. They're being somebody that they're not. Even Stephen A. admitted the other day on a podcast that he has to be a caricature of himself. And it's worked. It's worked. There's no judgment in that at all. It works. That's what the people want to see. That's what people have grown accustomed to. But that is not how I wanted to get it. I have always 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 wanted to be a broadcast i have always wanted to cover entertainment culture and sports i've always wanted to do that mainly sports of course i've always known that is exactly what i wanted to do and with that i knew i always wanted to be myself while doing it because i knew that growing up there wasn't anybody that looked like me there wasn't anybody that had dreads and tattoos and even though i was a little kid and didn't have dreads or tattoos at the time i always knew i was going to be this for some reason right i always knew i was gonna have long care i always knew i was gonna have tattoos always knew i was gonna have piercings and just be just a little different and this is back too i got dreads back when dreads wasn't popping like light skin brothers did not have dreads but this is just how i always wanted to look and i always wanted to come as i was so when i was in that classroom my senior year in that news director that was trying to offer me a job but basically trying to tell me I had to change my whole appearance and my whole style I was devastated because I had worked so hard to get to that point I'm a senior in college I'm done top of my class without a doubt the most talented broadcaster in my class it was unquestionable go back and check the tape go back and ask any professor I was devastated hearing that I had gotten this far to hear that somebody like me would never be allowed on camera. I was devastated. Called my family, the shorty I was dealing with at the time, told them what happened, and all of them, cut your hair, what? It's just dreads, cut your hair, it's just a look, blah, 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 change, change. Everybody told me to change. But I don't think it was because they didn't love me. They just didn't believe that it could be done this way. Because in all honesty, we had never seen it done this way before. They didn't believe in me and my abilities enough to think that I could surpass all the hurdles and obstacles that come with the dreads, with the tattoos, with the personalities, with the piercings. No way Brian is talented enough to get past all of that. And he needs a job. He needs to make money. We don't want him to struggle. We don't want him to fail. These are his dreams. And some people will sacrifice everything to fulfill their dreams. And I, in a sense, feel the same way. 
But there's one thing I would never sacrifice. And that's my morals. That's my beliefs. I can't sacrifice those. So I made a decision to stay as I was. Sacrifice the money. Sacrifice the title. Sacrifice probably a much easier, quicker journey. But I just knew. That if I could somehow make it through as me, the impact that that could have would be catastrophic. That's how I felt back then. And now that I've gone through this journey and made it to this point, let me tell y'all, I wouldn't change a thing. And I don't say that to say that it was easy. I don't say that to say that it was joyful. A lot of this journey career-wise was very miserable. Thank the Lord for ESPN because a majority of ESPN was just a, a blessing. It was just amazing. Just, oh my goodness, I don't know what I would have done without ESPN. Let me tell y'all. But even at ESPN, the journey was so hard. And I say all of this to highlight why me having an official job as talent is such a big deal this is 12 years in the making people 12 years in the making i'm almost 30 almost 30 years old but now i'm in a position to cover nba superstars to go to summer leagues to go to playoff games to just go to any game and be the man and cover and do everything I told my father I was going to do when I was just yay high. And let me tell you, that right there has literally drove me my entire life. The minute that news director said that to me, this moment right here where I could say I did it. is the moment I was waiting for, thinking about, manifesting, dreaming about, crying about, losing sleep over. Getting to this point is what I have dedicated my entire life to after that news director said that. I told family, I told friends, I told lovers, y'all are wrong. I can do this. I am going to do this my way. Because I'm not doing nothing wrong. I'm just being me. I'm not hurting nobody. I'm not saying outrageous things. I do not treat people bad. I've never harmed anyone. Never done nothing to nobody. All I do is outwork every single person in the room. I smile at everybody, I speak to everybody. I don't care if you're a janitor. I don't care if you're the CEO, you're gonna get the same energy from me and it's gonna be love and it's gonna be respect and I expect the same. So ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you all that being able to get to this point and still be myself, stick to my morals, stick to my guns, betting on myself, let me tell y'all that is the greatest feeling in the world so I had to get that out the way first when talking about Texas. 
Ladies and gentlemen, yes, I have accomplished something I've been trying to accomplish for a very long time. Your boy is on TV, your boy's on social media, he's on stories, I'm everywhere. And let me tell y'all, I am not stopping. Let me tell y'all, this is just the beginning because I've been just waiting to get here. I've been just waiting to get a foot in the door. I am going to do everything I possibly can while I am on this earth. And I promise y'all, because you see, when you, when you achieve a goal, you have to make a new goal, right? You have to continue going because life continues, right? Like I said, I'm not even 30 yet. So I'm going to tell y'all right here and right now to my out-of-character family. The new goal, the main goal, the main objective has always been the same. Let me tell y'all that. But now where my sights are, because now I'm in the door, and it took so long to get here that it sucks that I had to like kind of stagger the goals out. But now, now that I'm here, I'm going to tell y'all right now, I'm going to be the greatest broadcaster ever. Y'all see what Stephen A has done. Y'all seen what Oprah has done. Y'all seen what Steve Harvey have done. I don't know if they would all consider themselves broadcasters, but under that same cloth, You've seen what they've been able to accomplish with probably far less resources than me. I'm going to tell y'all right now, when this is all said and done, I am going to be spoken with those names, with the Stuart Scotts, with the Stephen A's, with the Scott Van Pelts. My name will be right up there with them. I promise y'all. And I don't normally do stuff like this. I normally keep, I write my goals down. I tell the close people I love, you know what I'm saying? But I'm letting y'all know because I'm, I'm telling y'all I care about this. And I'm telling y'all this is the type of belief. This is the type of confidence it takes to complete your dreams. Because just like me, people are going to tell you no. People are going to try to stop you. They're going to tell you you're not good enough. Like I told you, my own family didn't see the vision. They didn't, they couldn't fathom me doing this. They love me. They helped raise me. I am who I am because of them. And not even they could believe what I told them I was going to do. And that's going to happen to you too. When you dream big, when you dare to push life to the limits, 99% of people will never be able to understand how or why you're doing that. Because most people just exist. Most people just want to get a paycheck. Most people just want to keep a roof over their head. Most people just want to pay bills. Most people are completely fine with just existing. They're not going to push life to the limits. That's terrifying. They're not going to risk money. They're not gonna risk their livelihoods to do something outrageous, to do something that's never been done before. Because that's terrifying. So if you're listening to me right now and you are trying to be one of those people that is extraordinary, that is exemplary, one, I'm telling you, you can do it. Two, I'm telling you, it is going to be hard as hell. And even though I'm finally, quote unquote, talent, I finally gotten in front of that camera and now I can really show what I got. It's definitely not easy. Every day is a struggle. Let me tell you, 
It's almost 2.30 in the morning right now and I'm recording. That's how busy I am. But I was inspired. I wanted to talk to y'all. I wanted to get back to it, right? Because this is why I'm here. Let me tell you, out of character is why I even made it to this point. Because outside of that, I had nothing else to show people my talent. Out of character got me those looks at ESPN. It got me the XFL job. I had no social media experience at all. I had no Adobe experience at all. I taught myself all of this from YouTube. And none of this was for ESPN. This was all because I wanted to do this and learn. A young brother hit me when he found out about the job and said, man, just teach me. Just teach me the game. How did you do it? How did you do it? Just show me. How did you do it? How? How you? And I responded very humbly. Bro, I've been showing a lot of folks look at out of character and look at these podcasts and look at the skits and all the all the stuff. And they just laugh and joke and think it's silly. Why are you wasting your time doing this? Is this is this making you a lot of money? Is this blah, 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 blah. Is this going to stop you from getting jobs? Blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of negativity this whole time with out of character. Let me tell you, there's a lot of people that didn't support it either. That thought this was a joke. I've had family look at me that in when I say family, I mean like, you know, like uncles and cousins, because like my parents and my sister would never play me like this. But I've had them look at me like jokingly laughing as if out of character was like some game. Like this isn't something I created with my bare hands, with my brain. Like this isn't my IP, my intellectual property. Like this is normal. Like anybody could do this. At the level I do it at. People that have never accomplished much of anything would look at me and judge me for out of character. For me just trying to do better for myself. For me trying to make a lane for myself. And not only for myself, for other people. So I told her, but I said, I've been showing you. You don't see me out in the clubs. I ain't chasing girlies. You see me working late. When you ask me, hey, yo, blah, blah, step out, do all this stuff. I'm only coming out for birthdays and going away parties for years, way before the pandemic. When you see me putting in these extra hours at 2 a.m. recording podcasts and getting them out and editing them myself, directing them, coming up with all this content all by myself. I'm showing you. This is what it takes. And people, let me tell you how great it feels to be able to say it's worked out. Because, <laughs> man, there were some days when even I doubted. Where I was like, oh, my gosh. Am I on the wrong track? Am I wasting time? Was I wrong? Should I cut these dreads? You know, you doubt yourself when you're going through the journey. And you're going to do that, too, when you're going through your journey of greatness. But let me tell y'all, don't ever give up. Because if I can do it, me, if I can do it, I promise you anybody can do it. If I can accomplish my dreams... If I could set out to do something and accomplish it after 12 years and keep going and go through all the hurdles and hoops I had to go through, I promise you, I promise you, king, I promise you, queen, you can do anything. And that is the major reason why it was so important for me to accomplish this part, to accomplish this goal. It's because I want to really be able to look at people and tell you, yo, you can do anything. I'm a testament of that now. You can, it's undoubtable. You can will and dream up anything if you are willing to put in that work and put in that time. 
So ladies and gentlemen, that is just a big way of saying why it is such a big deal for me being talent, but to also inspire and hopefully help y'all realize to just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. Because if I would have gave up, if I'd have stopped when I lost my job and was unemployed for almost a year, if I'd have gave up, I'd have never made it here. And now I'm having the time of my life doing incredible things. I can't wait to continue to share all the things I am doing with you all. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 35, episode 35 of the Out of Character Podcast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, as always, I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you're listening. If you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. If you're a first time listener, welcome. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you're a return listener, welcome back. Thank you for returning. Thank you for being here with us. Ladies and gentlemen, we're almost done. We're almost at the end of the road. Now, the inspiration came a little early today. Usually, the inspiration comes at the end of the show, but I feel like we had a lot to get into. So, there's just one more thing I want to talk to you about. Because, like I said, I just moved to Texas. I just moved to Texas. And let me tell y'all, we talked about adjustments. We talked about making moves and changes. And let me tell y'all, adjusting from the East Coast to the South. Let me tell y'all, it has been a journey. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you have never been to the East Coast, if you are somebody that has only seen depictions of East Coast behavior from social media, from movies, from TV, let me tell you that every stereotype you have ever heard about somebody from New York, from Boston, from Philly, Let me tell you that every stereotype you have ever heard about them is absolutely true. Absolutely true. They're rude. They're aggressive. Everybody's in a rush. Kindness, friendliness, things like that don't exist in the East Coast. If you smile too much, people think something's wrong with you. If you're being too friendly or too nice, people think you want something from them. That is the East Coast mentality, and that is something I have dealt with for the past six years before moving to Texas. I have been fully ingrained in that culture. And I'm somebody that lived overseas for the majority of his life, so really all the stuff I knew about the East Coast I had gotten from movies and TV. So to tell y'all that that was all factual, let me tell y'all that was nuts for me. So, living in the East Coast, I constantly made jokes, cast dispersions on my East Coast brethren because of how they acted, because of how surly they always were. It was always if there was an issue. It was if everybody was against them at all times, and I never understood it. Even black folks, like the way we interacted with each other, it was like there was always some type of competition or negativity. There was really just no wholesome kindness that I assumed black folks would be on in the East Coast because I came to the East Coast thinking that it was just going to be a utopia of black folks. Remember, I'm coming from Nebraska at the time, so I am not around a lot of black people. So I'm coming to the East Coast seeing a ton of black people. I'm excited. I'm thrilled because I have all of these new friends because in Nebraska, black people, they stick together, right? Black people, there's not many of us. So in Nebraska, when black people see each other, they always speak. They always head nod. They always engage in some sort of way just to let the other know like hey listen i get what you're going through i'm going through it too in the east coast there's so many of us that that type of camaraderie that type of joint struggle isn't there everybody's just for themselves right all for one and one for all if you will 
that's how the East Coast mentality is. So, like I said, I've been out there six years and now I am moving to Texas where the stereotype in the South is Southern hospitality, right? People are friendly, people are kind. But I'm not really thinking of those kind of things when I'm moving. Like I said, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of adjustments being made. So I move into my new crib, my new neighborhood. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I was in the city in Connecticut and I loved it. It was loud. It was full of culture, constantly things going on. It was the city, exactly what you would imagine the city was. And now, fortunately enough, I'm in the burbs. I'm in the suburbs. It's quiet. There's not much action going on. People aren't grilling every Saturday and Sunday and Thursday. There's not a lot of loud music playing all the time. It's just very, very different. So I'm moving into my new home out in the suburbs of Texas. And my neighbor walks upon me. I saw him walk from his house and come over across the street to me. And immediately in my head, I'm like, what is this doing? Why is he approaching me? Why is he coming over here? What does he want from me? What is he trying to sell me? He approaches me and says, hey, neighbor. Very friendly, very kind. And I just look at him. I just stare at him. I don't say anything at all. I'm just looking at him. I'm just waiting to figure out what the hell you're doing over here. What do you want from me? Why are you so close to me right now? And he starts asking me questions. Hey, where are you from? How long are you here for? What you doing out here? And I'm looking at the guy like, why are you asking me so many personal questions? What do you want from me? What are you trying to sell me? What the hell are you doing in front of my house? Now, these are all things that I'm thinking. I'm not really actually saying these things, but I'm being very, very cautious with the guy. I'm not really responding. I'm not giving him a lot. And he is just being friendly. And eventually, I think he got onto my energy and just basically walked away because I wasn't giving him much. I wasn't being very neighborly. But I didn't realize till after the fact that I myself had been poisoned by the East Coast, been poisoned by those negative, nasty Nancys out in the East Coast. I had become one of them. Because the whole time, my neighbor's just talking to me, just being friendly, just trying to introduce himself. I'm wondering, what the hell does this guy want from me? Why are you talking to me right now? I have things to do. Honestly, that was really like my energy. Like, bro, why are you, why are we standing outside right now? I have things to do. I'm trying to load up. I'm trying to unpack. Why are you talking to me right now? And then I had to come to the realization. That I am not in the East Coast no more. I am not around those type of people anymore. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you. At times it is refreshing. At other times it is the most annoying thing ever. Because like I said, the East Coast is all fast. It's all hustle and bustle. And me, myself, I had grown accustomed to that lifestyle. And people in Texas, they move so slow. When I order food, it takes like two or three times as long. When I drive places, it is always 
a journey because there's traffic, because people are driving slow. There's no urgency, people. Lines seem a little bit longer at stores. People are stopping to chat. Mad small talk. Like, yo, I'm just trying to buy this toilet paper and get the hell out of Walmart. I'm not trying to have a full-blown conversation with you and become new friends. These are the things I'm going through while adjusting to Texas, people. But let me tell you, I understand that the way I was living in the East Coast wasn't right. The way I was living out there wasn't okay. Sometimes you have to be stripped from a bad situation to really realize how toxic the environment was. Ladies and gentlemen, in the East Coast, people live in closets for $1,500 to $2,000 a month. Yes, closets. Their kitchen, bathroom, sink, bedroom, living room, play area is all the same room. That's how they live in the East Coast. For six to seven months out the year, it is under 30 degrees. That's how they live in the East Coast. Most of them do not drive and take public transportation full of urine, throw up, and other fecal matter. Just to get from point A to point B. That's how they living out there. Ladies and gentlemen, I could quite frankly say they are living like animals in the East Coast. I was living like an animal. And now... I'm in 80 to 100 degree weather every day. It was 90s in January out here, people. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Now that I have seen what life can be like, I would never go back to that trash. I'll never live in the cold weather again, people. Let me tell you, I was out here. It got 30 degrees out here once in San Antonio and the entire city shut down. Gas pumps weren't working. Stores closed. People did not go to work. Bro, 30 degree weather in Connecticut is just an everyday occurrence. It could be negative 10 degrees in Connecticut and nobody cares. Life still goes on. You still have to go to work. You still got to drive in crazy snow. Not out here. Not in civilized places of the world. Because now I've realized these coasts isn't civilized. And now I see why they're so angry, so stressed out, why the chips on their shoulders are so large. Y'all shouldn't be living like that. I shouldn't have been living like that. It made me cold. It made me negative. It made me hard. It made me aggressive. And now that I am in Texas, ladies and gentlemen, I have to dull my edges. Because I'm a little rough around the edges right now. Because of what I was forced to deal with. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you live in the East Coast, if you are living in these nasty, ridiculous conditions, let me tell you there's better ways out. There are places that aren't like that. You can go to a store and smile at somebody and they smile back. You can be friendly. You can be polite. To all my East Coast listeners, to all my East Coast followers, I love y'all to death. But I will never be going back there. I'll visit. During those four warm months in the year, I'll, I'll pull up. I miss Connecticut sometimes. I miss New Haven. It was dope. Had nice beaches. I could walk to the beach. It was cool. But certain things I will never do again. I'll never pay thousands and thousands of dollars to live in the closet. I'll never put myself in a position where I have to leave the house in 30 degree weather again. And say, Antonio, they shutting down.
It gets cold like that. San Antonio is shutting down, and I love it because I'm shutting down when it gets cold like that. I'm not having it, and neither should you, ladies and gentlemen, if you live in the East Coast. And this is a small number of things I've learned since being out in Texas. I've been here for a few months now. I think about like five months. But I don't want to spoil it all on the first episode back of Out of Character because we talked about a lot. We kind of got into it today. But there is definitely, there is definitely a lot more to get into about Texas, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 35. Episode 35 of your mama's favorite podcast. My favorite podcast, your favorite podcast, the Out of Character Podcast. As always, ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you're listening. If you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. Thank you for being here. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Normally, we get into a lot more crazy topics. We get into a lot more things. But I have some things to get off my chest. And that Will Smith, Chris Rock topic, I feel like it took a lot. So welcome if you're a first-time listener. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for riding with us through this break. Honestly, I needed it. Honestly, there was a lot of things going. There's a lot of things changing. There's a lot more I have to talk to you all about. But I can honestly say, man, I am so happy to be back behind this microphone i'm so happy to be talking to you all again and i definitely didn't want all of my you know career changes and the success i've had to stop me from doing this because i do truly know that i'm not where i'm at today without out of character without you all supporting me without you all talking to me without you all listening it has made me better it's made me a better broadcaster Doing all of these, you better ask somebody. Doing these men on the streets. It has made me a better interviewer. I get compliments all the time about how quickly I think on my feet. On how quickly I make people comfortable. About how easily I allow people to open up to me during these interviews. A lot of people, athletes aren't comfortable talking to media. But for some reason, they're comfortable talking to me. I owe that to out of character. To these crazy interviews we've had with the shots and being on the road and traveling to different places. I owe all of this training all of this work to out of character and that's why i created it i've told you all this before i wanted to sharpen my tools i wanted to prove to myself that i still have the ability i wanted to keep these skills that i've been harnessing for years sharp it's been a lot of work it's been tough doing all this dolo or with just a little bit of help has been rough doing this right now without director lex the one person that's really helped me out is tough. But we got to keep going, people. When things get tough, you got to persevere. You got to get through because if you want something, if you have a goal, if you have a dream, you got to do whatever it takes to make it there. And I promise you it won't be a waste of time because now you can look at me and say, BC did it. Y'all have watched this journey. Out of character being around for, I think, almost four years now. Y'all have seen me grow. Y'all have heard my stories. Y'all have heard my testimonies. And that's the beauty of this podcast. That's the beauty of having my own platform is that I'm really documenting this whole journey as I go. Because like I said, when I'm as big as Oprah, when I'm as big as Stephen A. Smith, when I'm as big as Steve Harvey, all of this content will still exist and live. And maybe kids that want to be in position that I'm in can go back and look at this and see the work it took the time it took man there was a point in time when my videos was getting like 10 12 views 
and I'm putting hours into this one video and it's only getting, you know, because I'm not famous. I'm not, I don't have a name for myself. But now that I am starting to make a name for myself, now that I am in front of that camera, now that I have reached this milestone in my life, now I want to make out of character even bigger, even better. I want to expand. I want to help other people accomplish your dreams. I want to help other people create podcasts, create content, show them how to do it. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, if you have been listening, if you continue to listen, you can all be a part of that as well with me. Thank you all so much for helping me get here. Because if you're listening, I can almost guarantee it that you have been a part of this journey with me, that you have helped me in some way, that you have inspired me in some way. Thank you so much. Because my parents get to watch their son on TV and do everything he told them they were going to do. They get to open their phones, go to the NBA team's page and see their son. Go to professional soccer teams. I'm also working with the soccer team as well. They go to the professional soccer team's page and see things that their son has directed, created, edited. And that might not sound important to a lot of people. Let me tell you, that has been the driving factor for me forever. To prove to my loved ones that I wasn't just blowing smoke. That I'm not just full of shit. That all of the conversations, the struggles, having to smack me in my head, that all of it was worth it because, yes, I made it here. And let me tell y'all, I have so much more to do. This is just the start. This is just the start. And I'm so grateful that I can share this journey with you all. And that you all have been able to be a part of this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 35. Episode 35 of the Out of Character Podcast. As always, I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you're listening. And if you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. And as always, God bless. <laughs>